Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. talk about what I've discovered? No, you can talk about what you've discovered, yes. So, you know how Once Upon a Time basically ended its story at the end of last season? Like, uh, I have not watched Once Upon a Time since well, we stopped not, watching Yeah, but I haven't watched it either, but I, I keep track. I keep sure, tabs. Sure. I know everything about every show because I'm, that's one of my obsessions. My mm -hmm. obsessive compulsive makes me want to know everything mm -hmm. about every show. And so... Except for the shows we aren't watching because eh, we don't have a time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, so um, I watched the Comic Con because they're normally doing like a reboot of uh, Once Upon a Time. Like season six starts a whole new story. With, oh joy! Well, because you know the the woman who played what's her name Emma uh -huh. has left the show. Oh, has she? and and Snow White and Prince Charming left the show, and so basically <laughs> okay, sure. the kid the kid who played Henry left the show. So, so the bad guys are still there. Basically, I don't even I don't even know. I think that um, that Robert Carlyle left too, and the woman who played Belle, and like so it's the Regina show. It's basically Regina and Captain Hook. Are so left. they will reboot the show, and she will still never be happy. Happiness. Apparently, at the end, everybody got a happy ending. At the end, Emma married Hook at the end of the show. The actress that played Emma left the show. Uh -huh. The actor that plays Hook did not. Uh-huh. Yeah. Things are going to be weird in Storybrooke, is what I'm saying to you. Sure. So, so, folks, we used to watch the show before we watched The Walking Dead. Yes. Back in the day when Team Zombie was like a thousand people strong. It was six. There were six of us. And, and we were at Dustin's old place, and we would get together, and we would have food. Dinner, and, and like conversation, and sparkling waters. And we and would watch Once Upon sounds. a Time, and ask ourselves... Why are we doing this to ourselves? But we would also laugh, because it is a terrible show which we found ourselves inexplicably caught up in wanting to know why Regina just couldn't be happy. Right. Why Why everyone had to be so mean to her because clearly all she wanted to be was loved. Yes. And Clearly. Uh, clearly. So, yeah. And then we stopped. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why we stopped. We just, because I, we figured out that Regina would never be allowed to be happy. And I, I believe that it was the cat. It was the Captain Hook introduction with Peter Pan. It was Peter Pan. And we were Peter just Pan like, killed it for us. We were just like, no. Worst Peter Pan as villain ever. <laughs> this can't. I can't do this. I can't do this. So anyway, um, so the San Diego at Comic-Con. SDCC. Uh-huh. Um, they had the trailer for the new mm, sure. the uh -huh. reboot. And so I decided to watch it. They have decided to do a time jump. Mm -hmm. Henry is now an adult, a grown adult. So one can recast. Yes. yes. Uh huh. Played by Gareth of the Five Young Cannibals. You're gonna be watching this I'm show. Gonna be watching what I'm gonna say again. I gotta happen. It's literally the exact same. It's the exact same premise. The 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 from the. Uh, from the first episode of the first season, uh, there a little a little adorable Moppet, this time a girl, uh -huh. knocks on the door, uh -huh. and Gareth opens the door, and she's like, are you Henry? And he's like, no, I'm Gareth, and I'm beautiful. 
And she goes, I'm your daughter. And he goes, I don't have a daughter. And she's like, ha, 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 ha. Yes, you do. And so then they go back to Storybrooke. Hook is the sheriff. Uh-huh. Just like the big bad, or the huntsman was the sheriff. Uh-huh. And Regina is a thing there as well. I don't, I don't know how to feel. Well, I don't know how to feel. Okay, make sure you're invested in like Windex or something, because there's a good chance we will find over here and find you licking the television every time Gareth is on camera. I don't know. How don't to do feel. that in front of the children. Do they not. Do. They'll think it's very odd. They will think it's very odd. But I, it's going to be on Friday nights now, because that's where, that's <laughs> where, <laughs> network sends their shows, shows to, to die. die. Yeah. And I don't know oh, why they're doing. I, I remember when when they announced it was going to be a sixth season mm-hmm. after they resolved all the plots and right, everybody yeah. like io9 and at av club and all these websites were like all the media pop culture sites were like why why are you doing well this? but as they see you know supernatural ended what was it season whatever was like this is the end of the show and then they got renewed and mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's it's never left the air yeah it's been on for like 14 years uh and they do that stuff where you have the You've written the end of your show, and suddenly it's like, uh, well, we're still making money, so keep going! And the writers are like, uh, we don't know what we're doing at this point. And apparently it's getting its own spinoff, except it's going to be Supernatural, except with the ladies! It's going to be called Wayward Sisters, and it's going to be about girls. Sure, okay. Girls doing the Supernatural touring. Now, I, I, I feel kind of bad. I should not be skeptical or... or criticizing anybody else's fandom mm-hmm. uh, considering that um, the as one of the Doctor Who fans and all the blowback and, and right, questions right. all the stuff uh, we recorded Jason and I recorded uh, Jason Hunt uh, who founded the site he and I recorded our H2O episode about uh, the Doctor Who casting mm-hmm. and for those of you who have listened to Jason and I in the past you might think that we disagreed a lot we actually didn't we actually talk, uh, we agreed on more than we disagreed not everything of course but uh, in the in the grand the big the the larger debate I don't know if you saw this it was between Peter Davidson, who is the fifth Doctor, uh-huh. and Colin Baker, who's the sixth Doctor. Peter Davidson is also the father-in-law of David Tennant. Right. Yes. Um. So the tenth Doctor and his daughter play the Doctor's daughter. Jenny. It's confusing. It's time you me. And they got married. They got married. So. And I, I just read on io9 that she's coming back for her own radio series. Yes, I heard that Jenny, too. the Doctor's I heard daughter. that too. So they were at, a, they, I guess they were at SDCC, and they asked Peter Davidson about it, and he was like, he goes, it's, it's, she's a really talented actress, but I feel kind of bad because uh, it's the Doctor has been someone for boys to look up to, and it's a role model for, for, for boys, and I think that, that they lose that, obviously. And he goes, but what do I know? Maybe I'm just an old... I'm just an old guy, you know. And Colin Baker was like, that's a terribly dumb argument. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he goes, you're wrong. He goes, yeah. because, uh, you know, 30, you know, 50, year, 50 years of role model. Uh, and, you know, why does your role model have to be, you know, look like you and be like you? And on one hand, it's it's not David. Davidson wasn't railing against it. He mm-hmm. was making, you know, he was like, this is kind of how I feel. And And Baker was like, well, you know, you're wrong, but they weren't they weren't tearing at each other. Um, so for all this big debate and blowback and and screaming and yelling and cheering for a lot of people who are happy about it, um, I don't I, I, I have to really not bash on other people's fandom. Yeah. 
So even though exactly, did you and Supernatural's gone on forever? Did you bring up my <laughs> point? Remember when we talked about it? You know what? He, I, as I recall, we both kind of touched on it because I think to him, and I think it was something that Jason was realizing is that he is having a really hard time getting worked up about any mm-hmm. of the big ah things. It's like it's just not. He's like I don't, I don't care that this is you know. You know, people are, you know, I don't, I'm not going to get upset about this. Because, mm-hmm. again, it's going to come down to story. Yeah. It's always going to come down to story. Kids at home, remember, it comes down to story. Yes. Compelling characters mm-hmm. and an interesting story. Mm-hmm. You can have an interesting story and dull characters and it will only carry you so far. You can have a very interesting character in a dull story and it will only take you so far. You right. have to have both. I used the example, uh, we had this conversation on Facebook, I don't even remember whose it was, but what is more important, character or story? And mm-hmm. I said, you can have a great character study. Lincoln, uh, starring uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, right. amazing character study of Lincoln. Right. Dullest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Dullest movie I have ever seen. Well, and you can see it sometimes where you watch a film that's really bad. Mm-hmm. And some actor just blows that character out of the park. And you're sitting there going, that's so good. Why couldn't this movie have been better? How are you even in this film? Because we're, they imported your character from a better movie. Yeah. And they couldn't afford to bring in more characters to a better movie or a good story. Right. Uh, the 80s were full of many films like this. Mm-hmm. Um, there, You could argue that some of the great pop culture movies, a lot of them are like that. Vamp. Vamp is oh, one hey. of my favorite favorite mm-hmm. B movies from that sure, era. Sure. It is just the story is nothing. You know, <laughs> guys go to hire a stripper, they all turn out to be vampires. Right, right. Um but Grace Jones in that movie as the <laughs> as the queen vampire, what was her name? Katrina. Mm. I see, there you go. Yeah. Right. Um is so amazing. She's Molly and I we watched it more than once Molly and I together and like Grace Jones didn't didn't like like she came to set looking like that oh yeah you know they're like Grace here's your vampire costume it's a black black cape and then what else being she's no I'll wear this I will wear I'm wearing what I'm wearing now Uh, alright well Grace your lines no I will not speak (laughs) this movie I will not speak a line <laughs> I uh, I watched that film in the theater. Uh, I am old enough. I am I am old enough, and you know every now and again, you know we bitch and moan about about getting older. But I'll tell you what, I got to watch so many great '80s movies in the theater at mm-hmm. the right age. Right. Uh, you know, I got to watch films like uh, The Breakfast Club, uh, yeah. and and Vamp, and uh, oh god, so many that are just amazing films up to the probably probably the tail end of the '90s. Uh, there was just some amazing stuff that we we're we're reaping the benefits of now, mm-hmm. but that those those amazing films that just became these sort of icons in in pop culture, a good chunk of those I got to watch in the theater. Yeah. Well, I saw the, I saw Labyrinth in the theater. Oh, I just showed the kids Labyrinth. Oh, did they? Did they, they were like their heads just like went boom. Or they it was so funny because they're like we want to watch a scary movie and I'm like we're gonna watch Labyrinth, and and uh, at the end of it. Trinaya looks at me and she goes, that wasn't scary, but I can't be mad at you. 
because the movie was so good. <laughs> she goes, I would watch more of Daddy's movies. Daddy had the best taste in movies. And that film, for those of you who, who don't know, it did terrible at the box office. I know. Because it, it just wasn't in the right time and right place. It's one of those films that, that as we've gotten older, the audience has grown. There's so yeah. many films like that. Um, as you may have noticed, we're not talking about Preacher because we, we are 12 minutes into this podcast. We have not yeah. talked about this. Yeah, this, is, this is H2O2. I guess. So, um, so we've been, so, and I don't know that we necessarily have to. As much as we've, we've enjoyed watching Preacher, mm-hmm. this week got a little weird because the Kansas City Fringe Festival is going on. And I had things going on last night. And you had things going on last mm-hmm. night. We normally record on Sundays. And, uh, and we're behind anyway on the episodes we only we were we talked about episode one last week and episode five was the one that was actually sh- showing that week right so we're at episode so, six so we watched episode six tonight but we're so behind and we're not even covering it for the rest of the right because we're moving on to we're doing Wolf Wolf. next week uh, um so yeah uh we but, did have fun watching it oh uh, yeah it was fine uh uh, preacher, preacher gave the was gave the same killer a soul just so that he could manipulate him with Genesis and then dumped him in a lake. We talked about preacher, and it's all gonna go downhill from there. <laughs> Jesse so. makes terrible decisions. Although we did get uh, some interesting backstory here because Jesse references his when he introduces himself to one of the, the people who sell souls mm-hmm. or used to sell souls because the business is getting taken over by the Japanese. Um, the the he references his family name and immediately gets a response and that's a big that's going to come back later yeah. to when when the show really because actually a, after we get to Jesse's family a lot of Jesse's bad decisions in the comic stop happening that way mm. because there's a lot of history that he's dealing with that he's not acknowledging and unfortunately some bad things have to happen with that family history preachers a really funny show but a lot of bad things happen, yeah. and more bad things are going to happen. Right. All the bad things are going to happen. But, uh, yeah, it was a good episode. We had a good time. Yeah. But, yeah, it's... We don't have Mindy tonight. Yeah. It's just, we, we're, we're recording it on a Monday night, which is just weird for us, but it, it happens. We're just going to hang out and chat. Yeah. So, I want to go back to the representation thing that you yeah, were talking sure. about. Okay. Like, uh, the, that idea, like, that... A, that a character like I, I, it really like grinds my gears a little bit to have somebody be like, well, this should only this person should represent boys mm, and sure. boy, you know, because I've over the course of the last year or so mm-hmm. with the Wonder Woman thing, like watching little girls like finally have somebody to a superhero that they can cling to mm-hmm. has sure. been really, you know really uh, touching for me. Did you? There's this great video of Gal Gadot at comic-con mm-hmm. and you see it where the little girl walks up to her and right. just bursts yeah. into tears and she's wearing her little wonder woman uniform or like thing yeah. and, and she goes she and Gal Gadot just reaches out and she grabs her hand and she's like we're together now and it's just like oh my god i'm crying yeah. right now yeah. thinking about it and like i read this article on um auto straddle mm-hmm. which is a, a lesbian pop culture website because, sure. because i have to know all the pop culture all right even sure. the lesbians and uh, it, the, the the crux of it was, you know, the 13th Doctor, she's not going to even show up for another year. Right. Yeah. But there are already going to be little girls in the oversized hoodie for Halloween. 
this And that's not Halloween. even her costume. Yeah, that's not even the costume she's going to be wearing. That's the leftovers of 12 and it's costume. Not, well, it, it's actually, it's not even the leftover of 12. It's like, it's like a three or four different doctors all crashed together, yeah. which, is, which is great. And it's going to, like, that is, that is so amazing to me to think about. Well, you, you know, know, it's interesting because I talk about this, I've talked about this a few times um, with, with people. Uh, Jason and I have talked about this some too. And I think that we, we tend to forget how much things have changed so quickly. Mm-hmm. Culturally, culturally, the last 40 years have been a whirlwind. Have been 80, 90 years. Really. Yeah, and, and which is, on some hand, really, really great because mm-hmm. so much has changed. Um, we talked about this before. When I was in, when I was in my teens and going, getting ready to go to college, you know, it was the late 80s. Mm-hmm. And if you were gay... You uh, didn't. Very rarely did you talk about it. We talked about this actually last week, just right. on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and the the question, you know, where that is now. It's still, I mean, it's it's not it's not everything's not roses and unicorns mm-hmm. now. But it was scary in right. the in the eighties. Even though we were starting to see some characters pop up, so you know that was the world that you know my ex wife and I we were we were dating then. But that's the world that. You know, we had a, we had a, our daughter in, mm-hmm. and my daughter's gay, and so she's grown up. But she's grown up in a world where it was not, yeah, the the the, the, the automatic mean, built-in fear the, the, simply isn't there. I mean, it, there's there's something you know, there's life well, fears. I mean, but, if you just look at the representation in media from your teenage experience mm-hmm. to my teenage experience to your daughter's teenage experience, we're roughly all like space space out. Yeah, we're about ten apart. years or so. Yeah. So you grew up with. Archie Bunker mm-hmm. having gay liberation uh, people show up on his doorstep, come into his house and talk to him for 30 minutes, and then walk out to the car, and there was a bomb planted in their car, and they died. Right. That literally happened mm-hmm. on, on All the Family. There was a drag queen on All the Fa- Family who was was a recurring character. She was on, like, two or three episodes, and one of the episodes was she and, uh, and Meathead got gay bashed together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you 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 saw a lot of tragedy in your gay characters, and and the other thing for those of you who've never seen Archie Bunker, and there's a whole generation that probably oh never gosh, has. It's crazy to me. And the reality is, is that for a show about a bigot, I mean, the main character mm-hmm. is one of those bigoted people you will see on television. Mm-hmm. It's a very hopeful show, right? Because he's the one everyone looks at and goes, "But you're wrong." Mm-hmm. And it was a really powerful show and for he, changing and people's minds. He learns, he grows. Yeah, he does. I mean, a lot of his things don't ever really change, but but he is able to to learn empathy for people that he will never agree with. Right, which and, is something we don't have nowadays. Definitely. Well, and I think that's interesting because the he actually that's actually something people should probably watch now. Mm-hmm. Just watched, and I don't think anybody's ever thought about. It. I don't think <laughs> anyone has mentioned go back and watch Archie Bunker. And maybe oh, they should. Yeah, yeah, all in the family. I think it's on Netflix. Uh, I, I would think it would be. Yeah, that would be nice. But here's a show that at the time, these were standard viewpoints. He was racist. He was homophobic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, uh, you know, anti every other religion yeah. but his. I, I mean, uh, what was, I can't remember what his, what the son-in-law's name actually was. I just remember him being called Meathead. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, he was Polish. And there mm-hmm. were so many Polish jokes. Right. And things that... and Okay, so Blazing Saddles. And I, and I do have okay. a point here. 
Blazing Saddles is a film that is full of so much humor that is it is one of the funniest films in the history of cinema. I mean, it's just hysterical. Mm -hmm. But there are so many jokes in that film that you would not hear today. Mm -hmm. Because Mel Brooks understood, and the folks who did Archie Bunker understood, that the best way to deal with the stupidities of racism and bigotry and, and, and all the, the, the phobia, eh, bigophobia, ah. big an ism, a negative ism, um, which is most of them, actually. I can't mm -hmm. talk about it again. Like, many... So that's Calvin Hobbes. Yeah, uh, cartoon. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you need to stay away from isms and gravitate towards ologies. There you go. Uh, yeah, because if you laugh at this stuff, if you're mocking it, mm -hmm. this, this stuff can't handle being laughed at. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to deal with it. They truly don't have a sense of humor. Right. The ability to, to to use humor to teach people what empathy is. Mm -hmm. It, it was done with comedy and drama in Archie Bunker. It was right. done with, with mockery and, and belittlement in Blazing Saddles. It's a different way of doing right. it, but it was still funny. There is this, you would you would fall in love. Mm. There is this YouTube uh, uh, woman, her name is Lindsay Ellis, mm -hmm. and she has her channel, I think it's called Nostalgia Chick. Right. And she is like a film scholar she is a ninja film badass <laughs> and she uh does these deep dives into like albert brooks movies mm -hmm. and talks about the the different kinds of satire she's doing this she's uh doing this whole series on film theory mm -hmm. called the whole plate where right. she uses the transformers movies to dissect different kinds of film theory it is Amazing, oh and she. I, I, oh, that sounds that sounds really really cool, but it. it oh, you'll love no, no seriously, movies. Lindsay Ellis. Look her up on right. YouTube. Also, I I did look it up. Uh, All in Family is on Hulu, and episodes are on YouTube as well. Yeah, so this is this is actually a really important show for, and again, it was another it was a thing that was happening at a specific time. Mm -hmm. But see, you're that's what you grew up with. I being a teenager in the '90s, mm -hmm. all of my representation revolved around the AIDS crisis. Sure. So I grew up with a great deal of fear mm -hmm. about what it meant to be gay. Right. And now your daughter, she grew up with a lot more positive role models. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's, you told me she's she's even almost gone towards gender neutrality. Right, she's basically gender neutral. Um, so maybe her, you know, you might need to ask her what her pronouns are and be like a it, super duper justice warrior. Is she still using she, hers? No. Is she we're, using they, thems? Yeah. Okay. We're, 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 we're an interesting adaptative pronoun territory. Yes. Because well, you know, it happens. I'm in my 40s. Mm -hmm. which means there's a learning curve in terms of how I am used to speaking. Mm -hmm. And it's not always something that happens. True. And we, we, and some, and, you know, there's always a certain amount of accepting the fact that people don't change overnight. So mm -hmm. you have to bear in mind, it's a give and take kind of thing. But yeah. So, so they had, mm -hmm. uh, had a lot more positive representation and i was telling you last last week about how um the woman who who directed boys don't cry and she also directed the brandon tina documentary right yeah the brandon tina story and then adapted her documentary into boys don't cry and she went to like columbia university and a trans group protested and mocked her from this from the audience right. 
while she was doing her talk because she didn't cast a trans character in Boys Don't Cry in the 90s. Right. Which you, you couldn't do it. You couldn't, you do, couldn't it. do it. Like, it would have been an impossibility that her film would not have been made. Twin Peaks is back on the air. Mm -hmm. And when Twin Peaks was on the air first, David Duchovny of X-Files, right. before yeah. X-Files, he played a... And he wasn't even... They, they didn't even go sit there and go transgender. He was an agent who... Dressed, dressed like a woman. Dressed like a lady. And yes. when the show came back, he'd transitioned. Mm -hmm. The character had transitioned uh, from male to female. And, but when Twin Peaks was on, people were like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. This is crazy. And I remember, I remember that it was sort of almost like a joke because, because the character had gone under, undercover. Right, yeah. In a place where they had to dress like a woman, and I can't remember what it was that it's they had to do. It's one of those usual odd explanations that, in context, in the Twin Peaks context, worked. And when when he came back, mm -hmm. just decided he didn't want to go back to dressing like right. a man. And so in the course of the 20 or so years since that show, he came out as transsexual, transitioned to female, mm -hmm. and is still being played by David Duchovny. Sure. And I, rem and I read all of the gay media websites, mm -hmm. and they were talking about... Um, how interesting it is that, like, there's this big debate now in, in gay media about when you have a trans character, should you, you always cast a trans actor? Sure, of course. And they were talking about, well, David Duchovny originated this role, so it would almost have been inappropriate to recast with an actual trans person, uh... So it became, it's this very interesting discussion going on right now. There's a movie coming out that, um, I can't remember what the name of it is, but Matt Bromber is playing a trans mm -hmm. person. Right. And a lot of people were really angry that he took that role because Matt Bromber is obviously male. Right. And I read a really interesting think piece by a trans actress who says the reason that we aren't cast in our own roles is because at a certain point, if you are going in full transition, you stop looking like a man in a dress and start looking like a woman. Mm -hmm. And at, when you don't read as a man in a dress, casting agents don't want to cast you as trans because they still think man in dress. They don't think woman, mm, trans sure. woman. Well, you know, it's again, it's this is something that couldn't have happened... Twenty years ago, mm -hmm. uh, it would have been really Couldn't questionable. Fifteen years, years ago. ago, in some of these cases, I think ten years is is still pretty quick. Mm -hmm. It's been it has changed really, really fast, and I think there's some real benefit to that mm -hmm. because it's opened up a lot of the fact that you can you can even be having the discussion of whether or not trans actors should be right. playing roles that there should be that there should even be trans roles. On television, right. in movies, and that this is something that we can be talking about. The, the, the idea going back, looping back around to, to Doctor Who, the idea that for so many years there were lots and lots of great male, and I'm I'm being really really broad here when I say great male role models, mm -hmm. because most male characters in fiction, especially in genre fiction, because this is a horror podcast. <laughs> we swear to God, uh, most of them are not great role models. Right. Uh, the one of the reasons that characters like John McClane from the the early Die Hard movies, mm -hmm. not not at, not before before he became the indestructible machine. Right. Um, 
gonna peel off and saying he's the first Terminator. It connects all together. Yes. Uh, but he was an everyman. He was mm -hmm. an ordinary guy who wasn't perfect, but you know, very flawed. But at the same time, he was. You know, he loved his wife, he loved his family, he wanted to do the right thing. And that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons that film caught the attention of so many people and became kind of a classic of the... Uh, and it's, not even, it's hard to call even an action movie. Right. It's a cross-genre kind of thing. So, it's an action comedy set at Christmas time. And it's become people's Christmas movie exactly. that they watch. That's crazy. Uh, that and Scrooged. Cru I, 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 do, Scrooge. I, do, I do both of those on the holidays. So, but, the, but the thing is, is that when you look at characters, when you talk about there being male role models... Um, whatever the, con the the quality of those role models, you look at what they've been calling female role models mm -hmm. for the longest time. And the idea of what women can and cannot do, should and should not do, uh, culturally and entertainment, et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera, has also changed dramatically. Right. Well, it's not even that. I mean, think about it. Think about this. Black Panther mm -hmm. is the first superhero movie starring a black man with a majority black cast since Blade One. Right, yeah. And Blade One started the whole, re-kicked off the the superhero movies mm -hmm. after um, uh, after Batman and Robin murdered it. Or Batman Forever. <laughs> was it Batman Forever or Batman Forever? I think it was whichever one. Actually, yeah, from, I think it's Batman. From, from after Michael Keaton, for all the fact that Val Kilmer can be amazing in some things, and, and and it was Batman and Robin was first, and then Batman and Forever was next. Okay. Uh, but yeah, after after everybody was saying, "Oh, we can't make superhero movies," just look at how bad these Batman right. movies yeah. were. And Blade came in and kicked ass, and, and it took another twenty five years to get a, another. Well, but you know, we were still arguing the debate over whether or not Wonder Woman was going to be a good movie, and the and the real fear that people had. When you consider that the argument that Hollywood has been making is that we can't have a female, we can't have Black Widow because Supergirl did was, so badly. Did so badly. And Catwoman. So, you know, but, and, but, and even more recently, Ghost in a Shell. Right. But that was just disastrous from the get go. Well, and I think that you. There's a. Look, it's a business, right? So we know mm -hmm. this. We understand that there's a part of. There's a part of this whole process where you have to accept that, that Hollywood is a money-making proposition. Mm -hmm. The idea is, is that the studio wants to make money, and they want to be able to pay their people, and they want to be profitable. Okay. But it also means that inertia sets in, and it's really hard to get off a track. Mm -hmm. You start making these kinds of movies, jumping that track is harder. And the indie world is not what it used to be. Right. The, the advantage of the explosion of the internet has meant that you can have a greater you can get stuff out into the world. The disadvantage is that you can get there's so much out there, and so much of it is not being handled through distributors anymore. Mm -hmm. And that means that your films like as much as as much as I bash on it, films like the Blair Witch Project was an indie film that got distribution. That's how that thing mm -hmm. became a giant. That you know Paranormal Activity for all that you and Paul and I laughed our asses off watching the first one. The reason that was successful was because it went out and went out through a distributor right. when he got all these theaters. It's harder to do that now. Mm -hmm. There's so many more films. Right. And more and more, the technology has been made it possible for all of us to make movies. Mm -hmm. and which means... We have movie cameras in our pockets all day. That's right. And I mean, I'm, we are recording on a laptop that has a decent microphone. I got a brand new microphone that I just bought, which is 
might even be better sound, and it cost me a hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. And this is a professional level recording equipment. It fits in my pocket. The technology is great. However, the problem is, is that because there's so much of this stuff, studios have been narrowing things down mm -hmm. to go, these are the things that are going to make us money. This is why there's always going to be another Transformers movie. There's always <laughs> going to be, you know, all these things. Um, but what's been interesting is that when they have taken a chance and it has proven to be right, it's blown doors open. Wonder Woman is, as my understanding, and, my, and I think I'm right in saying that it is the most profitable superhero film of all time. So far, yeah. And that it is uh, the most profitable live action uh, action movie. I think it's, it's reached that I, point I now. I would have to, I don't know. I, 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 I thought I heard someone say that. In any event, female-directed, uh, I don't think it was, it wasn't just a woman writer, it was a team of writers on mm -hmm. that film, but there were women involved. Of course, female lead. Mm -hmm. um, successful little film. Mm -hmm. has been known to have people sit there and go, I like it. It's good. Uh, I think it was, I think it was like 95% fresh on Rotten oh, Tomatoes probably, or something. Because it's a, it's a very good movie with fantastic performances. But up until a f just a few years ago, the idea that it would even happen was up in the air. Mm -hmm. And then when it did happen, Hollywood was staring at going, well, if this doesn't work, Clearly, there was not a market for female-led superhero right. films, which is the dumbest damn argument. Uh, and I don't care, you know. I realize what the beat, what the what the the economics of it are, but in terms of you look at your audience, right. half your audience is female. Half. Yeah, that's generally how it goes. But it becomes this thing where the the, the changes have happened so quickly. Ninety-two percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, well there you go. But the changes have all happened so quickly that we are seeing this kind of compression where I think some people just are not, they're not able to adapt as quickly. And I think that you see it mostly with older folks, but you do see it with younger folks as well. Uh, the, the longer your experience in a life a certain way, the harder it is mm -hmm. for, not everyone, but for some people to change. I've seen people who are 20 or 30 years older than me who sit there and go, okay, sure, why not? Mm -hmm. In some cases, because they've known people like that all their lives, we just didn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know, the idea. There there were gay people before the 80s. <laughs> I know this comes as a shock to a significant, significant chunk of Americans. Um, and there are other continents. And <laughs> there's been other history outside. You know. Tacos came from Mexico. I know, it's crazy talk. <laughs> so, but, the, but the thing is, is that the, there's, there's, there's this... There's this lag time that you see with a lot of entertainment mm -hmm. and people in entertainment are just as human as, as anybody else and so the fact that we're seeing some of these discussions we're seeing these questions the idea of there being a character like the doctor uh, who could be a role model for well the doctor the doctor no matter you know for up, up until now Whoever's playing the doctor could be a role model for girls mm -hmm. if they want them. Right. Yes, of course. You can have your role model be anybody you want. Exactly. There's something that says they have to look like you or right. sound like you or, you know. Liv Schreiber took his daughter to, to Comic-Con, or his son, mm -hmm. to Comic-Con dressed as Harley Quinn. Well, there you go. There you go. Liv Schreiber didn't dress as Harley Quinn. The son dressed as Harley Quinn. Okay. I was actually about to ask that. Because <laughs> so, I was going to say, uh, Liv Schreiber in the full Jester's costume, I think it'd look cool. Liv Schreiber in the slutty uh, Harley costume. I'm not so sure about. I don't. That. I think he can pull it off. He might. I'm just he's saying a, that he's, oh, he's a built dude. Of course, I like Harry Quinns. 
A lot. Yeah, we've seen a few of those. <laughs> uh, Harry Quinn's can look really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm, um, uh, that's one of the best crossplays, I think, is mm-hmm. Harry Quinn. But, you know, just because you can do so much with... Well, there's... The, the, for, for whatever you feel about the, the sexification of Harley Quinn, um, because there's a range. Mm-hmm. There's a range of everything from the original Paul Dini illustrations all the way up to... Oh my! Yeah, um, I'm not old enough to look at this. <laughs> and I'm Almost 47. 40, yeah. <laughs> so, but there's this range that you could do it. But uh, so yeah, well, and I think I think the downside for for all of this is that because it's all happened so quickly, people's heads are spinning mm-hmm. in some cases. The good news is is that it is happening very quickly. So. For a lot of people, it's okay. Now I'm over it, mm-hmm. and you, you know, the learning curve has been short. Um, and I think that it does away. Hopefully, hopefully, it does away with some of the things that we've seen in movies. Uh, and hey, I'm going to loop around to horror. Um, kind of crazy talk. Uh, the idea it's a show about horror. <laughs> we swear to God. Um, the you look at what 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 they're passing off for horror films now. Uh huh. But if you look, you'll go back and look at some of the great classics of horror, a lot of the characters, there's a school of horror that basically says you don't worry, really worry about character development. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's the kills, it's the blood, it's the right. monster, right? And in some cases, that, that has worked very, very well. Friday 13th films are not about the people in the movies. No. Um, Halloween is. Right, you know, it is about it is a character-driven horror film, and that's when it, that's when you get the worst ones of the Halloween. Oh, it's geez. it's funny, like that you say that because if you look at those two movies, mm-hmm. Friday the Thirteenth, they get real bad when you try and give too much backstory to the people. Right, them. yeah, they get real bad. Like the one about the psychic girl, that was like the <laughs> worst one. Uh, I believe that was also in three D. Uh, on the other hand. With Friday the Thirteenth, when you start stripping away character, yeah. when you started getting away from the the motivation, the fact that Michael Myers actually had a bizarre kind of motivation, and and that the characters in that movie all connect to that motivation in a real way, mm-hmm. that's when they get bad. Yeah, it's uh, the the and they're the two they're two sides of the same coin because mm-hmm. Friday the 13th is essentially oh look what they did with Halloween we can do that over here at this studio and eh, but they, they they appeal to different parts of the demographic now you look at films like It Follows or Babadook mm-hmm. or uh, well and, and those kind of films are generally <laughs> did we talk about how Babadook's a gay icon now? yes <laughs> yes we have <laughs> That's so weird but it, okay sure why not the but the thing is, is that they think that you, they ask you to think while you're watching. However, mm-hmm. you felt about the film The Witch, it's sl- it's a slow burn movie. I mean, it is. People have I think people have made legitimate complaint that they got bored. Mm. But it went and made a sandwich, came back, still the rich. Still not sure what's happening. <laughs> I saw the what's wrong with yeah. yeah I watched that. But that's a what? good way to watch movies when you have no <laughs> intention of ever watching them. But I'll tell you what, I enjoyed it. But then again, I. I like slow burn films. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine if I'm in the right mood to sit there and go, just take me along where you're going. I'll mm-hmm. follow along and I'll get lost in your production design because it's really cool. But there's there's films that do that and then there's films, you know, in the horror genre right now, you can have some of these god-awful PG-13 horror films. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, guys, if it's not, ra- if it's not a rated R horror film, 
stop. Don't go. Just don't, don't go, go to the movie. Okay? There's reasons to make a horror film rated R. One of them is gore, mm-hmm. if you like that sort of thing. Other is swearing, which goes hand in hand. But scary requires you to do things that do not meet the motion picture association's codes. Right. So, uh, anyway, PG-13, okay, if your target but audience is 14, you're doing it wrong. There are, there are exceptions that prove the rule, and I'm not going to go into that. Sure. So, right. um, but these, but, but you look at what, what the films were like in the 80s and 90s, a lot of the, a lot of the, the gender stereotypes, uh, if you had a gay character, they were played for laughs and then killed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, minority stereotypes. Uh, they were played for laughs and then killed. Yeah, it's like well, it's like oh look, it's a black character. Oh, they're dead. I mean, there's a, there's a reason that's a joke. It's a reason mm-hmm. that's a, a a cliche. You know, did I ever tell you about the disposable Muslims? Are we now moved to disposable? Because well, well, no, it's we had, it's we had, we had, we had you know kill your gays, dispose of disposable well, no, Muslims. Here's, uh, the, um, the black guy dies first. Uh, pitch black. The movie oh, yeah, Pitch Black. Uh-huh. Uh, so the people, the, the the people that survived the initial crash on the mm-hmm. planet, there were like seven Muslim pilgrims. Right. Yeah. This was before they retconned the whole thing to where it was no longer set in our universe. It was set in some weird fancy nah, universe. Nah, nah. Um, and so they had all of this cannon fodder mm-hmm. that just so happened to be Muslim brother. And this was back when I was in college, I was watching it, and then through my roommate, I was like, did they just make all these like disposable Muslims for this movie? And so that's our like, whenever we see like cannon fodder, those are our disposable Muslims. Oh, jeez. And I mean, I guess... Now, Dave, now David Keith, for those of you who have not seen Pitch Black, I'm not going to tell you, if you haven't seen Pitch Black, go watch it. It's actually yeah. an entertaining horror film, horror science fiction movie. Mm-hmm. The... Well, but I can also remember that I mean, True Lies. Remember True Lies? Oh yeah, they had disposable muscles. They were all disposable muscles. <laughs> look, until until nine eleven, and that's how recent it was. Until mm-hmm. and, and again, how how recent it was. How long ago was nine eleven? I mean, it's just it's very cool. quick. It's, it's very quick. The world is time bo- moves. Time moves. I know. In I know. Forward direction. But before nine eleven, it was you could have Muslims as generic bad guys. They still have Muslims. I know, but it was very, but it was very much now down there from places. You know, this is like this. This one's from Syria because we don't like Syria this week. Right. Well, this one's for you know. But before it was just like, and here's yeah, here, these are the terrorists. And in the eighties, it was just generic. They're brown Russians. and they don't understand us. You know, it was generic Russians. I hate our freedoms. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's it changes, and in some cases, uh, those are some bad CGI. That's some bad CGI going on in this show. So there's you know it, yes, there's changes, and these things are really okay. <laughs> Midnight Texas is on in the background, and I just don't even think so. And I don't think either either one of us have watched. We are not gonna. We're not, we will not be reviewing this show. I'm sorry. Unless no, we're done. We're not even talking about it. <laughs> I don't even want to go there. Well, so, it's that guy from War for Black again. In any event, I fell. In any event, we have we have consistently not talked about any of the things that we normally talk about on this episode. Yeah, well, I mean, we talked for a minute about Preacher. Next week, we get to talk about Teen Wolf. That's right. I have. Hopefully, I will by that time have a super awesome surprise. Oh. Yes. 
you're not going to tell me you're going to make it a surprise. It's a surprise. surprise. Hey, that's a crazy thought. So, okay. Well, folks, thank you for listening to us ramble. But oddly oddly enough, this is actually Dustin and I just talking. Yeah. And this this is is how how we... It's really... Mindy's really lucky that she's not here tonight. Uh, Speaking of representation, Mindy is on the podcast because I was really irritated that when we lost Anne-Marie and we didn't have a female voice. That's true. So we had to get a female voice in. Of course, she wasn't here for our discussion about representation. But um, she's I'm moving. Sure, so I'm sure she, she will. She, she's not. She's she's staying in town though, so right. we get to have her back. But uh, thank you for listening, folks. And we will be back that next cat week. Is talking. We will be back next week with fewer talking cats, probably uh, uh, here on some apocalypse. Now, as always, let people know about the podcast. If you like us, uh, even after this episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Then tell your friends. You can find us on podcast.com, iTunes, we're all, uh, all the different places you can find us. You can find all of our other Sci-Fi For Me podcasts at SciFiForMe.com, SciFiForMeRadio.com. Uh, you can find us on YouTube as well. Thank you for listening, folks. We'll be back next week with more Zompocalypse Now. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2017 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Horror For Me Radio.